0: Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson.
1: Welcome back, and I've been looking forward to uh, having uh, this conversation with our good friend Mark Meckler. Mark is the um, president of Convention of States. Can't say enough about what Mark is doing and continues to do you talk about a frontline warrior mark is one go to conventionofstates.com is the website there's a picture of the landing page you can download that article 5 pocket guide and if you're in southern oregon i still think i have a few left i give them out like candy um anyway uh this whole movement is gaining incredible momentum and you can check it out at conventionofstates.com brother mark good to see you friend how are you bud
0: it's good to be with you always, Perry.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, boy, a lot to talk to you about, short amount of time. But you just did a poll that basically says three-quarters of the voters in America believe that we're in economic and cultural decline. Uh, exp- uh, explain your results here. What did you come up with?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the most interesting thing about this poll, I mean, just the overwhelming number who believe that, I think the most interesting thing was it's almost all age ranges it's all demographics it's it crosses party lines it crosses ethnic lines it shows that everybody in the country is not happy with the direction of the country now if you dig in i'm sure there are different reasons for that across all those different categories but broadly speaking we're very dissatisfied with the direction that the country is heading right now
1: so mark i have interviewed some notable people as it relates economics and i'm just going to stick there for a second right and you hear these definitions of inflation and recession and quite frankly with all due respect i'm beginning to think now this whole thing is just baloney because there is one common thing that's bringing everybody to a halt and that's the cost of energy gas and everything else i mean if there's a common denominator as it relates to people's wealth it's energy and it ain't going in the right direction uh is that part of the the concern
0: Yeah, I think that's it. And look, one of the things is when they define inflation as the government defines inflation, they actually leave food and energy out of it because they say it's too volatile. And that's outrageous because the two biggest costs for most people are two of them are food and energy. And by the way, food is directly related to the cost of energy. So if energy is more expensive, farming is more expensive trucking is more expensive it's more expensive to run a grocery store or a restaurant so that's going to drive up the cost of food so the idea that they leave these things out is just some kind of weird fantasy economics and human beings understand if it's hitting them in the pocketbook if they have less money in their wallets if they can afford less food and less energy they know what's going on no matter how the experts define it
1: did you did you glean anything else out of your survey
0: I mean, honestly, this was an odd one, Perry, we've had a few of these lately because normally what I'm looking for is odd anomalies in the numbers. I'm looking for places in the numbers that show me things, one that I don't expect, or two that are just kind of out of the overall number set. The anomaly here was how consistent it was across all categories. Everybody feels this way in this country today, and I, I would guess when we say it's almost three-quarters... It's probably people who are on the high end of the scale, the wealthier end of the scale that don't feel this as much. It doesn't make a difference to them whether gas is two fifty a gallon or four dollars a gallon. But for average folks, we're all feeling the same right now.
1: okay. Um, did did they point to a reason? It was it political? Uh, do they have a solution? Do they have any ideas to correct the problem?
0: Well, we didn't specifically ask what the solution is, but we did do uh, we asked a question about who do they think can solve the problems facing the country and overwhelmingly who they said were you and me and the regular folks of America, not the politicians. So, again, this was entirely consistent across parties. They don't they're not looking to the politicians. They're not looking to Washington, D.C. They say only we, the regular people working together, can solve the problems facing the country.
1: Okay, Um, I have some other issues I want to talk to you about, but just one other one that's in the news. I've had Liz Peek on the air quite a bit uh, in the past, and she's now a Fox contributor, really an interesting gal. And uh, she's pretty blunt, (laughs) some of her stuff. (laughs) Um, But she basically says the president is a fraud. And 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 we can elaborate on that. But I want to get to the point now there's another level with the presidency that's very alarming. And that is the language that's being used behind closed doors. Does that tell you anything, uh, Mark?
0: Yeah, I mean, what it tells you and what we're talking about is the president is now coming out as quite foul mouth behind closed doors. He's screaming and yelling at staff. He's using the F word, among others. Look, Joe Biden's always been a fraud. If you follow Joe Biden's career, if you know people who know Joe Biden, what they'll tell you about Joe Biden is that he's always been mean and nasty and petty and corrupt, frankly. And, and I would add one more, and I'm, I'm going to be blunt, not that bright. It's, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. It's now coming out, and I think the knives are coming out on the left for Joe Biden, and that's why we're starting to hear some of this stuff.
1: OK, so this could suggest now we've heard a lot of people saying somebody else is running the administration. But if somebody goes into the Oval Office with an ID and he doesn't like it and he cusses them out, maybe he is running this mess.
0: <laughs> look, I think there are places I, I do believe there are places where he's running the mess. And you can look at things that Joe Biden's done consistently. He's been wrong on every single foreign policy item in his entire career, pre-presidency uh, vice presidency as a senator, he's always been on the wrong side of foreign policy issues. That's now consistent. His position on Afghanistan was entirely consistent. If you listen to what he said, he, we knew he was going to pull out of Afghanistan. You could predict he was going to do it in a terrible way. So I would say some of the things, if you look at the things that are entirely consistent with what he's always done, these are probably places where he is driving the policy.
1: OK, Um I want to come to another phenomenon, at least over the last couple of weeks, and that is there's a movie just taking everybody by storm, The Sound of Freedom. It is not an easy movie to see. It's, it's, it's very emotional, uh, but it, it is a true story about trafficking. Why is this all of a sudden ringing the bell? You have any idea?
0: Yeah, look, it's existed for a long time. It's continuing to get worse. Uh, It's about to surpass drug trafficking as the largest illegal illicit trade in the world. And I I just I want to use a different word. People call it trafficking. It's slavery. We now have more slaves in the United States of America than we had when slavery was legal in the United States of America. So it's a hideous phenomenon. It affects women, children, men, boys, But the movie focuses on sex trafficking, slavery of children. And the cartels have realized that they can sell a bag of cocaine one time. They sell a young child five to ten times a day. So it's much more profitable. It's hideous. There's a key line in the movie, though, that I think is really important. Jim Caviezel playing Tim Ballard looks at a friend of his and says, it's just too ugly. And most people don't want to look at it. And you said it's a hard movie to watch. I watched it with my wife. She kept threatening to get up and leave because it was so hard to watch, and she didn't, you know, didn't really want to watch it. But she was compelled to stay because the acting's good, the plot's great, the cinematography's fantastic, and the subject's important. And I think once you know, you can't turn away.
1: Okay, so it's brought light to darkness here. Um, do you think something will shift as a result of this?
0: I'm not certain. I certainly think America's heart is starting to shift because again, uh, the movie is was the number 1 movie last week and you can't turn away from this issue once you know about it. I think we're going to see more churches getting involved, more Christians getting involved, but it's it's spread beyond that community, which I think is what has to happen. I think the difficult part about the sex trade in the United States of America is that it's tied intimately to the border. And the only way we're going to stop the sex trade is to shut the border I don't believe at this point that the Biden administration has the political will to do that.
1: Okay, uh, I'm noodling your term slaves. Uh, That is probably very appropriate. Um, You could cross this over into the other phenomenon in our culture today, and that is um, all of the confusion, uh, sexual confusion, LBGDQ, uh, transgender, all those difficult things to deal with. But quite frankly, Mark, isn't this just flat, open child abuse?
0: Oh it's worse than child abuse, even you know it's one thing uh, we see child abuse terrible situations in in kids' own homes, in foster homes, but this is literally just children being treated as property. Uh, the back end of the story is a lot of times they take these kids, they abuse them sexually repeatedly for years on end, eventually. And it's so graphic, but eventually their, their body parts are worn out. They're worn out, and they can't do it anymore. And then a lot of these kids are killed, and they're sold for parts, for organs. So it's much worse than just calling it child abuse.
1: Okay. Um, um, do you think that, as horrible as this is to talk about, could be a reason to keep the border part of the discussion for 2024?
0: Yeah, I think it's the most important reason. Look, there there are two things going on with that border uh, that are just absolutely fundamental. They're both really hard to talk about. One is this slavery that we see, and it's not just the movie covers the childhood sex slavery part of it, but we have labor slaves all across America working in factories and construction and restaurants, and they're, they're literal slaves. They're coming across the border illicitly. The second is fentanyl, and fentanyl is just put it simply, and again, to, to not cleanse the language, it's mass murder. That's what's going on. There are at least 70,000 people a year dying of fentanyl poisoning. There are now other drugs coming across the border that are creating human zombies in our cities. It is mass murder perpetrated on the United States by the cartels, funded and fomented by the Chinese government. So you've got slavery, you've got mass murder. There is a war being committed against the United States of America, and that's the reason to keep it at the top of the list.
1: You have any reason why we don't connect with the dots you just gave us? Why don't we? We know the cartels doing this, We're not only with sex trafficking but with drugs. But those drugs are coming from China. Now the question is, why aren't we putting pressure on China, and why aren't we putting pressure on Mexico for letting it in?
0: Yeah, I think there are multiple reasons for that. Uh, I think for to give people the benefit of the doubt to what I would call. Uh, good-hearted leftists is they just believe that there's just a bunch of people coming across the border and they need opportunity and and america should provide that opportunity and i understand that at a heart level but we can't rescue every person in the whole world but all of that traffic area a hundred percent of it is controlled by the cartels none of it's random they control when people come how they come how much they pay to come so I think we're we're not doing it, one, because people have good hearts, and, and that's the good part of it. I get that. But two, because the narrative benefits Democrats. They like this narrative. Three, they think they're going to get voters out of it. Four, and the most base reason, is money. People are making billions of dollars. The cartels are now $150 billion a year annual business. We know Joe Biden and his family have been deeply in bed with the CCP. They've been paid by Chinese operatives. Over the decades, the Hunter Biden scandal shows us all of that in bold relief. So there are financial incentives not to stop this stuff.
1: All right. Let me take a quick break. Honored to have with us Mark Meckler. Let me say to our viewers and listeners, uh, check out uh, the uh, conventionofstates.com website uh, and get that booklet. If you're in Southern Oregon, come by. I think I have a few left, which means, Mark, I'll have to get more. (laughs) In the meantime, um, you can uh, go online there at conventionofstates.com we'll
0: be right back we'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds in the meantime we want to let you know that you can watch this interview plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's Daily TV and radio show by visiting our website thedove.us and while you're there sign up for our free daily devotional the word for you today three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's word Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Always honored to have with us uh, Mark Meckler. He is the president of Convention of States. Let me encourage you to to, uh, check out uh, his website and support what he does and get his material. Conventionofstates.com and more and more interest. Uh, They're growing quite rapidly. How many states now, Mark, you got going?
0: 19 states, Kansas is just about across the line, and so is North Carolina, so that'd be 20 and 21.
1: That's wonderful. God bless you. That's wonderful. Mark, um, we are watching um, the scandal with the Bidens, from Hunter to the president, to China, to uh, Afghanistan, Afghanistan, but also Ukraine. And here comes Christopher Ree yesterday before the committee. We're listening to this stuff. And guess what? Cocaine shows up in the White House, and they can't figure it out. Are we this stupid? Are we really this stupid?
0: No, look, I think everybody knows what's going on in the White House with the cocaine. I mean, my assumption is it's from Hunter Biden, but I'm going to be a little bit broader than that. There are a lot of scurrilous people inside this administration inside this white house look what we saw with the alphabet soup pride day at at the white house the kind of people they let in there so i'm pretty sure it came from hunter biden i also am absolutely sure that they know absolutely who it came from Look, they have fingerprints all over that baggie they have fingerprints of everybody who works in the white house certainly of hunter biden and all the staff they can figure this thing out in five minutes their cameras all over the white house we don't know because they're not telling us and they're trying to hide it. And that's it.
1: So the scandals, will they go anywhere? I mean, the, the evidence and the bank records and everything else, you know, you know, the drill. I don't need to go through the litany of list here. But it, gosh, <laughs> what more do we need
0: here? Yeah, we shouldn't need any more. There should be impeachments over this kind of stuff there. I haven't seen it. I mean, certainly Lauren Boebert has filed articles of impeachment. Will they actually go anywhere? They've been referred to committee. I doubt it. Uh, And then certainly if it went to the Senate, even if articles of impeachment did issue, if it went to the Senate, the Senate would not convict because no Democrats going to vote to convict. The real question is going to be is how long are the knives that are coming out on the leftist media? And are they really going to go after Joe Biden? That's where we'll see his presidency actually fall if they decide they don't want him to be president anymore.
1: I can't help but think that the DNC has got a plan here because I can't imagine the president making it through to the nomination of which he has to go through debates and everything else to get there. Uh, So they got to have something else behind the scenes they're working on.
0: And, you know, I'm not sure he has to go through the normal process. If you think about what he did during covid, he hid in his basement. He didn't really go out much. I think this time he could actually avoid the debates and might avoid the debates. Let's assume the nominee is Donald Trump. That's what it looks like now. If it's Trump, he could just say, look, I'm not going to debate a guy who's." been indicted i'm not going to debate a criminal i'm not going to give him that kind of credit so i can see him avoiding all of that hiding in the basement and with the media's help potentially being reelected. i worry about that
1: does trump survive any of this stuff
0: yeah i mean trump is a survivor on a personal level i think trump gets energy from all this stuff even if he were to be convicted uh what would happen is it doesn't prevent him from running for president And if he were to be convicted, I think he grows stronger. At this point, their attacks on him only elevate him. If you look at the numbers, since he's been indicted, his numbers are up approximately 10 points. DeSantis, his closest competitor's numbers are down. uh, And some of that is going to some of his other lower level competitors. So, yeah, I think Trump comes out of this just fine. Whether he can win the presidency remains to be seen.
1: Why has Governor DeSantis not gotten more traction? He came out. He raised a lot of money. He was about 22 percent. It kind of seemed to level off right there. What's what's the deal?
0: I mean, from my perspective, there are two factors. One is I just think Trump being indicted put all the focus and all the heat on Trump again. So and I, I think there might be some of that that's intentional. The left would rather run against Trump. I think DeSantis is more dangerous on a day to day basis, more likable guy, less inflammatory guy. The second is my read is. DeSantis isn't running a very good campaign. I watch this stuff closely. There's no headlines coming out of it. There's nothing that's particularly impressive. In today's media age, you've got to do things that get the headlines, and he's not doing those things.
1: interesting you'd say that. <clears throat> We've we got some track records in this stuff too, and I um, it just appears to me that overnight he was taken over by consultants.
0: Yeah, I mean, that could be it, but He's a smart guy. And the thing about Ron DeSantis, he's not a manufactured politician. Uh, You think he would know better. He's shown great leadership. I mean, he came out of the military. He's a lawyer. Uh, He's highly educated. He was very successful in Florida. You think he would know better. And so what I would say is if that's what's happened, that's still on him as the leader.
1: Okay, so there's another thought that's brewing here is um, if Trump becomes the nominee— And and as polarizing as he is across the board, the most important decision he's going to make is his running mate. Uh, The running mate will be the future of the Republican Party. So it's possible he could reach back and get DeSantis, don't you think?
0: Yeah, it's possible. I don't know if, you know, Trump's a a unique figure. He can go to war with somebody and love him the next day. And then he can hate him the following day. So you never know. That's entirely <laughs> possible. But there are other good potentials out there. I mean, it could be Tim Scott ends up being his running mate. That would be interesting. Or a Nikki Haley, you know, he might try to pull the woman card or the race card or something on the ticket. I can see Trump doing those things. He's very savvy with the media. He's going to choose somebody I think that will play well in the media.
1: OK, and then the other thing is uh, somewhere along the line, all of the Republican candidates are going to kind of have to go after the political, politi- the politicalizing, excuse me, of the Justice Department and the FBI. Uh, is that legitimate?
0: I think it's not only legitimate, it's just absolutely carved in stone fact. And we're starting to see that from some of the candidates. And, I, you know, my personal opinion especially with the FBI the FBI needs to be literally just raised to the ground. And that agency needs to cease to exist. It has a sordid history going back to its very foundations. The building is named the J Edgar Hoover building, the most corrupt director in the history of the FBI, the founding director of the FBI. And so the idea that that, agency can be reformed. That's just a fantasy. It's going to have to be gutted. Literally, I would say they should tear the building down and put it in permanent conservation easement and make it a park in Washington, D.C. Those are bold
1: statements. Can we live without an FBI? Can we function without it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, the FBI was created initially to deal with interstate bank robbery. That was the main thing. So bank robbers had realized that if they robbed a bank on one side of a state border, they could drive across the border and local law enforcement couldn't deal with that. There are other federal law enforcement agencies now that can deal with that. If we needed a law enforcement agency for limited functions, uh, necessary functions of the FBI, we can do that. Too often nowadays, the FBI is involved in things that are intrastate. They're in a single state. They don't cross state boundaries. So we don't need help with that. So I think you could parse those functions out to other federal law enforcement agencies. There are plenty of them. What about the DOJ? DOJ again, right now corrupt from the top down, it's been completely politicized. And I don't think that goes away unless there are consequences for those who have politicized this stuff. So if if it were me, I would propose harsh legal penalties For people that are caught essentially with their hands in the cookie jar, they should be punished severely. People are going to have to go to prison. People are going to have to lose their pensions. Until that happens, there's no incentive for these folks to step back from breaking the law.
1: Are they untouchable? I mean, uh, we can have these committee hearings and you can expose them, but we can't indict them.
0: No, I think at this point they're largely untouchable, and that's the problem. So if you know that you benefit from doing these bad things, and if you know that nobody can do anything to you, the worst they can do to you, is what we saw them do to Christopher Ray yesterday, which is just kind of verbally rake them over the coals in front of the American public, then why not do it? You preserve your power, you preserve your profit, you preserve your prestige. By doing the dirty deeds, they're going to keep doing those deeds.
1: So the previous administration, both on the DOJ and the FBI, basically, they go scot-free. So the only thing you can really tag is the current ones, right?
0: Yeah, that that is the thing. Look, if we don't start prosecuting these people, and prosecuting them hard, this behavior is going to continue. If Republicans think the Democrats aren't going to do it next time they're in power, well, history shows us something completely different. We do the same thing over and over again, get the get the same results. Yeah. If we expect a different result, that's insanity. Republicans are going to have to start playing hardball.
1: Good stuff all the way around. Mark, you're a fascinating guy. What are you working on besides everything?
0: I'll tease something for you, Perry. I was in Nashville over the last few days uh, recording some pilots for a new television show that I'm going to be doing. Uh, That television show is intended to elevate all the positive stuff going on in the country. You and I talk a lot about the problems and the difficulties we face. But there's great positive stuff going on all over the country. Grassroots folks doing amazing things. We're going to tell those stories so that the American people have hope and are willing to engage in the fight.
1: Can I put my hand up for the program?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> when? That's probably going to start. We just filmed the pilots. I'm guessing we'll we'll be able to see them uh, probably last quarter of the year. Okay. Um, put
1: the dub TV network on your list there. This is you fascinating. Yeah, this is so fascinating because you know, yeah, we do talk a lot about the negative, but it's it's part of the the information. Uh, it's it's the, um, being the watchman, the awareness of things like that. But at the end of the day, we know who's in control. And uh, there is seemingly, to me, an underground revival in America. You just don't hear it, but it's there.
0: Yeah, so our job, look, it's important that people know all these negative things that are happening because otherwise you don't know what you're facing and and that you've gotta take action against those things. But also, we need to have the hope. We have the ultimate hope because we have a Savior. Yeah, but we also have yeah. hope because there are people like you and, and millions of others, honestly, doing great things all across the country. So we want to elevate those stories.
1: All right, brother. Good to see you. Thanks for your time. Again, folks, go to conventionofstates.com, and you can learn a lot. Order one of those booklets. If you're in Southern Oregon, come on by. We'll give you one. And uh, I think you'll find it to be very informative. And tell your friends, too, especially your friends in other states conventionofstates.com. God bless you, Mark. Keep up the good work, buddy.
0: God bless you too, my friend. Thanks, okay. Barry. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at the Dove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with
1: your friends.